You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to Do Not to Not Elsewhere. Not Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Elsewhere Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast so that way you can get notified of our new episodes. You can check out our podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and of course, Anchor.fm. I want to thank all the listeners to this podcast because all your listens of this podcast and all of our episodes help support the podcast. Another way to help support the podcast is to check out our partners. All you have to do is go to medicalcodinggeek.com slash partners to check out a list of companies that have supported us, including the Haugen Consulting Group, RadRx, Project Resume, and so much more. Today in the podcast, we have Victoria Mole. Victoria Mole is part of Contempo Coding, and I invited her to be part of the podcast to talk about her YouTube channel. We talk about how she got started as a blogger for pop culture. We talk about how we created websites, how she got into web design, how she got into coding, which led into her company, Contempo Coding. This discussion is pretty lengthy, so we're going to break this episode into two parts. The first part, we'll discuss how she got into coding and the creation of Contempo Coding. And of course, the second part, we'll talk about how she created her YouTube channel. There's a lot of specs that are involved, so we'll save that for the next episode. So without further ado, here's the first part of my interview with Victoria Mole. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to the Not Also Classified podcast. Today on the podcast, I have on a special guest. Everybody's special, of course, but this one's definitely special because I have a lot of questions to ask her today. It seems more selfish on my part, but I think everybody can can most definitely benefit from what she has to share in with her career in medical coding and also her evolving YouTube channel. Uh, that has been standing out. So today on the podcast, I have Victoria Mole. How are you, Victoria? I'm doing great today, Brian. I'm really excited to uh, be here today and kind of share some of my stories and my progressions and some of those tips, tricks, tutorials that I've been sharing on YouTube. I can't wait. Uh, so we connected. I'm look. I looked at the emails before we started. I, almost a year ago, uh, you reached out to me uh, for where is my paper. Allentown, Allenstown, Pennsylvania, AAPC, uh, yeah. and I was definitely glad to to be part of that chapter meeting uh, to talk about CDI. And I think this was when we started to roll out, or or AAPC started to roll out these virtual meetings. So I was like, oh, it sounds like a great opportunity. So uh, it was great to have you on. I've also listened to you on uh, a fellow colleague's podcast. Uh, Tony L. Holmes, Alpha Coding Podcast. So I've listened yeah, to yeah. your story there. 
And I figured, you know what, I might as well have her here because I'm sure she can take the uh, long form format podcast over here. Uh, I gave her about two hours, but I'm sure it can go longer. So we might have to split this up, whatever it may be. Uh, Don't feel rushed. (laughs) Don't feel rushed at all. You could just talk as long as you want. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm very glad to have you here. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. We can talk about yourself. We're going to talk about how you got to Contemple Coding, uh, which, mm-hmm. we'll talk, which we'll discuss, and then your YouTube channel. All right, so first question. Let's get to it because I'm sure this is going to be a long one. Uh, first question for Victoria. Where did you come from and how did, to, how did you get to where you're at today? So I don't want to tell the exact same story that I've told before at various channels. So I'm going to actually take you guys back a little bit further than I usually go. Um, But I'll start where I normally start in high school. So in order to appreciate kind of the start of my journey, you have to know what I was like in high school. And I'm a tall person, I'm like five foot 10. Um, And in high school, I was maybe like 300 pounds and just like had red hair. It was dyed like fire engine red down to the crack of my butt, I think. And uh, I wore like Marilyn Manson t-shirts and spiked dog collars and fingerless gloves and these big strappy black pants and boots from Hot Topic. And I watched a lot of anime and it was just very like goth and nerdy and didn't have a lot of friends and didn't really like anyone. And actually, um, and this might play into a little bit of what I've been kind of doing in in YouTube and in my social media accounts is back in like late high school and through my 20s, I was a blogger. So I used to be a pop culture blogger back before they really kind of called it blogging. Back then I like wrote articles, but they were about like Transformers and flavors of Pop-Tarts. And I was actually pretty popular in that spectrum. Like I used to sometimes get, I almost what they would consider now like sponsorships, like Hasbro would send me screeners of DVDs and stuff that they were about to put out. So that creative side has kind of always been hanging out there, but I decided to, to start, you know, now transitioning into that medical coding. But when I was in high school, you know, I was really into pop culture and anime, but just like this brooding, didn't have friends, didn't really like people, didn't really like myself type of person. Right. And, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. Like, I just, it's not that I wasn't smart. I just didn't, I guess, care or understand or appreciate, like, that eventually I was going to be out on my own and have to figure out a career in life. So I didn't really know what to to do with myself. But my mom, my mom always knew what she wanted to do. Like, she had a passion in life. She loved taking care of our aging older population. Like, that was her lot in life. She loved doing that. She'd been doing it since she was like a teenager before you even need to have any kind of like licensure back then. They basically were just like, yeah, come in. Here's the patients. Here's their pills. You know, here's where we keep them. Just, you know, take care of everyone. So my mother, you know, she was, she's been doing this for so long. She was doing it for so long. She, she knew like patients, she knew what was going on with them. And she could tell like if one of the patients in her nursing home was going to pass away soon. And she was the type of person that she would, she would stay with them and she would hold their hand because she knew that they knew that she was there and she never wanted anyone to ever feel like they were dying alone. So my mother was a saint. And one day my saint of a mother says to me, Victoria, you know, have you ever thought 
about getting into medical coding. Like there's this lady that works at our nursing home and she has her own office and like no one really bothers her. She has these like reports from the doctor and she kind of like looks through them and then assigns these codes and maybe she'll talk to the doctor or something. But for the most part, like it seems like a good job. Like no one, no one bothers her. She leaves on time. You know, have you ever thought about this? But of course, being, you know, an angsty, brooding teenager, I already knew everything. Mm, So I just, (laughs) I informed my mother, like, I don't think you know what you're talking about. That sounds like the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) And I wound up going to community college for web design. So that's part of also where my creative side comes from. Like I've, I've had a background in a little bit of web designs because I like, I like things looking a certain way and flowing a certain way and having a certain kind of almost design to them. Like I'm very anal about PowerPoints because of that. Like I hate having to present someone else's slides because in my mind, like they have to look and flow a certain way because of just that creative side of me. So I was a much better student in college than I was in high school. Cause I just, you know, I liked the classes better. I felt more independent, but I was just, you know, not, I still just didn't have friends. I still just, I don't know, I don't didn't like myself. And something just like wasn't right. Something just wasn't right. And, you know, I did, I was still doing well in school. And then all of a sudden it just, it started getting kind of like my grades tanked. And I was feeling like really just not right. And it turned out like I, I was just a mess because I was clinically depressed. Like I was really clinically depressed. And it got to the point that people who were close to me were like really getting worried, really getting worried. So I was a couple classes short of graduating, but I decided that I should drop out and concentrate on getting myself fixed. So that's what I did. I kind of dropped out. At that point, I think I'd even lost my job. I was, I didn't have anything prestigious. I was like cashiering at Walmart or something, you know, as you know, in my early twenties, but, uh, you know, got myself straightened out. But then after, you know, I did, and thank God I did, you know, I was able to kind of battle those, those demons that I was, you know, dealing with for a while. Um, And I, I fully appreciate that everyone, not everyone can do that. Like there's certain people who are capable of, um, you know, just because of their situation or whatever of, of, of overcoming something, but a lot of people, they just can't, they just can't because of their condition, their situation, whatever. But thankfully, I was able to kind of get over that. I mean, I still have to kind of monitor things that are going on, you know, like we all do. We have to make sure we have work-life balances and so forth. Um, but, you know, I got out of college and then I'm like, well, what what do I do now? Like I found administrative jobs. I was working like clerical jobs at call centers or filing jobs like temp stuff. And at that point, I'm like in my mid-20s now and I'm starting to realize, hey, you know, maybe my mom wasn't so stupid after all. <laughs> maybe I, maybe I should look into this medical coding thing that she, she told me about some time ago. And I went back to Reading community college and I was like, Hey, you know, I think I want to do medical coding and medical billing. Like, should I get into one of your associate's degree programs? And the lady there was so kind. She's like, you don't want to be here. You want to be over at our business college. They have a medical billing and coding program there and they'll get you in. Like one of the questions she asked me, like just absolutely stomped me because she's like, well, what do you want? Do you want, do you want a job or do you want a degree? And that was the first time anyone had ever like posed it to me like that before. I'm like, well, everyone's always told me I need a degree to get a 
job. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> do I want a degree or do I want a job? And she's like, well, we'll get you through this program and it'll help you get a job. And I'm like, uh, all right. And I was, I was really fortunate. Like I qualified for federal, federal aid, like one of those uh, workforce improvement grants. So it got completely covered. And as soon as I got out of there, like, oh my God, like this was like the greatest thing in my life. I don't know what it was, but something about it was like, I'm good at this. Like I'm good at this and not only am I good at this, but like people are noticing that I'm good at this. Like my classmates are noticing that I'm good at this. My teachers are noticing that I'm good at this. When I finished that program, the Dean actually took me aside and she's like, Victoria, I have to tell you like, I'm sorry, but I didn't think you were even gonna finish this program. And you've been one of the star pupils that we've had. Like I thought because you dropped out previously, like you weren't gonna make it through. And uh, so when I got, I actually wound up interning at Reading Hospital, which had just formed their provider group at the time. And where is this hospital, by the way? Reading, Pennsylvania. So Reading, Pennsylvania, yeah, it's a, it's, um, I don't wanna say it's a tough area, but they're very much known for their, their poverty and uh, their, their crime rate. They have a very high per capita crime rate. So when I, when I finished up my internship, you know, I, I was hired right off my internship because I was really lucky because they were just forming this physician group and they hired a ton of people. Like they needed people because they were buying up practices left and right. And it was shortly thereafter that um, they started offering classes to, to get your CPC. And actually, when they interviewed me for the internship, one of the first questions I was asked was, are you planning on getting your CPC? And I didn't even know what that was at the time, but I'm just like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be getting that CPC. Whatever it is you want me to be getting, that's what I'm going to get. <laughs> you do what it takes. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I wound up getting going into a class with an instructor to become a certified coder. And it was, you know, nothing against my instructor. I think sometimes it may have just been the, the materials that were provided at the time. I guess they didn't provide really great resources maybe to teach medical coding back then. So I, it was a lot of the class felt like I was just being read the CPT book. And the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know, right. <laughs> we uh, this should be better like this should be a lot better like I could probably do something maybe that's a little bit better than just sitting here reading the book and eventually you know I got more into the field I started out in charge entry which was basically you know you have a super bill on one screen and your billing system on the other and you're just plugging codes and all day but you start getting familiar then with like what modifiers go on what codes and what diagnosis codes you use a lot in like the different types of practices and eventually transitioned into coding as I was going through. I actually started teaching coding pretty early in my career. I think I was, you know, only a couple years into coding. I was maybe like 26, 28 when I started teaching at one of the local tech schools. Um, and I wasn't a great instructor when I started either. I probably did a lot of slide reading, but over the years you start researching more on how to present and, and how to storytell a little bit, uh, how to make things engaging. So, you know, even when I was early on sitting and reading, uh, sitting and, and listening to some of these webinars that were going on, like I was falling asleep. And then again, I'm just like, <laughs> there has to be just, a better way. <laughs> oh, this is terrible. I'm like, do we have to do it this way? Does this have to? Because you've listened to these webinars. It's like, oh, I remember those days. <laughs> you, you, you dial in and you're sitting in like a, a, a warm conference room with 10 other people. And it's like, hello, everyone. Thank you for calling in to today's <laughs> webinar. Today, we're going to be discussing how to code for sepsis. Yeah. Like, 
can we can we at least pretend a little bit like we're excited to be here like please uh, but you know it took a while for me to get to a point where i could start you know producing things on my own i got i was dabbling for years and years and years and you know one of the things that i think has made made it easier for me to start getting into like medical coding social media youtube type stuff is that i've had a lot of what i refer to as my career extracurriculars <laughs> so like you have extracurriculars in school you join clubs you join the debate team you join sports but in my career i've developed extracurriculars like my first article in healthcare business monthly i think i wrote in like 2014 and I was by no means a, uh, you know, high level expert in everything medical coding, but I knew enough about like one subject that I'm like, I can, I can write an article about this one subject, at least that I'm good at and kind of start getting my name out there. So I've had those extracurriculars. I've been writing articles. I got involved in my local chapter. Um, I, you know, started doing speaking engagements just at my chapter at first. And then I started, you know, offering to go to other chapters. And then eventually one day I was at a, it was when the ICD-10 transition was happening. And uh, one of the, the ladies that I love from the AAPC, one of my buddies, Rita Genovese, was there teaching us ICD-10 coding when we were doing the transition. And I was talking to her a little bit and I'm like, man, I said, you know, I've been doing you know a couple articles for Healthcare Business Monthly and I'm really interested in kind of getting more involved. Oh man, one day, you know what would be a really great career goal is if one day I spoke at HealthCon and she's like, yeah, so, so why don't you just put in for it? <laughs> <laughs> it's that easy. And I'm like, I, I can just put in for it. Like, really? Like that's, is that all? She's like, yeah, just, just go ahead. They need speakers all the time. Just put in for it. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to put in for HealthCon. This is going to be great. And oh my God, like I put in for HealthCon and then I got this email like while I was working this one day mm -hmm. and it said, congratulations, you know, you've, you're, you're, you've been accepted to come and speak to HealthCon about breast reconstruction. And I just started bawling, my eyes just started bawling, <laughs> wow. crying my eyes out. And I went over and showed oh. like the message to one of my friends and she gave me this big old hug and she's like, Victoria, you made it. And I'm like, I know, I made it. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> That's really nice. So yeah, it's been a lot of that, a lot of just, like I said, just um, getting involved and, and just, you know, trying to do different things. And, uh, you know, I do a little bit of blogging. I don't do a ton of blogging, but mm -hmm. I do have like a, a blog that I keep. And that's an easy thing that people can do. Yeah. Like if you're looking to just get your word out there, you can go on like wordpress.org and set up, set up an account for nothing and start making mm -hmm. a coding blog. Mm -hmm. I like that. So there, there's a couple things as you drink your, uh, your juice there. <laughs> it's it's it, matcha green tea. Matcha the green. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, the green tea. So there was a couple things, uh, and we can continue further, but one of the things that, that, that kind of stuck out to me was the web design. And mm -hmm. back in college, at least when I was in college, I was in college um, from 1999 to 2003. And... Uh, that's for for some reason I stumbled upon web design, you know, the HTML and yeah. and those little codes and building your own websites and and I dabbled in it. I I never realized that I dabbled in it for 2 years on my own. I I mean I was mm -hmm. I was there as a physical therapy major, got into HIM, but as you mentioned in your extracurriculars, uh you know, I I picked up as I was studying 
uh what were some of those websites uh angel 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 fire angel fire <laughs> geo cities geo cities yeah um, i had a website back when i was like 13 years old yeah. Geocities. <laughs> yeah those those website and and i think uh i i think what i was trying to do um, and for those that are listening, you got to really understand the development of, of web design. Uh, it, it, it required codes. It wasn't as easy yeah. as just drop and drop and click and all these little tempers that you see now. You have to type in actual codes. I think that's probably why I got into coding maybe because uh, of entering those codes. But one of the things that I tried that I felt accomplished in, in doing HTML was the marquee. <laughs> was making <laughs> yes. was making the, the the when I say the marquee is making the the letters kind of scroll across the screen yep. and once I did that I was like I'm I'm ready and then I think the next level was actually putting in a a picture um, I think that was another thing putting in a GIF uh, one of yep. those animated pictures that was another and thing. You- and you had to have a counter too to see how many times people <laughs> yeah, came and checked yes. your website. And that, I knew I was legit when I put the counter on my on my first website. I don't even know what it was. I was just throwing stuff on there. And I know there was other like social platforms before even MySpace. Uh, but I think yeah, just to create a blog, but, but just to put stuff in it, uh, it was, <laughs> was nothing um, great about it. I think I was just more or less testing my my web design. So when you were in in web design, the curriculum, how far how far into the program were you in? I was pretty well far in. I learned basically everything except for maybe like the real intense like JavaScript oh, okay. type stuff. Like I could do. I worked in I think Adobe Fireworks and Adobe wow. DreamWorks were Weaver were the ones that you would use back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. So I could do some pretty pretty handy dandy. Um, imaging editing which is helpful but now i mean now it's so easy you go on like canva.com and they just throw templates at you and you change the text and the colors and you're good to go um but yes things have changed so much since then even back then i think i could do a little bit of photoshop Mm -hmm. and i think recently i tried downloading like a free trial of it and i'm like i don't i i don't even know how to click on things in this anymore like this is ridiculous (laughs) yeah right i like i like the fact that we you know at least for me, it was just trying to figure it out. You know, you you know the the age. Uh, it was during the time where, um, in computers, we were using the A drive, the floppy disk, uh, to save yeah. some files. So that's that's how dated I am. Uh, now computers don't have any A drives, not, more or less, not even a, a CD drive or a DVD drive. Uh, yeah. So you could see how technology has come. Um, I guess we kind of we kind of had a very similar track, right? So. When you, when we finished school, like right away, at least for me, uh, I started teaching for a technical school right away. And I had the same, um, well, even in school, right? And you mentioned when you're in school, not to the fault of the instructor, uh, as you were learning, in your mind, you were thinking, well, how how can I... It's it's not it's not coming into my brain easy, and I guess you were trying mm-hmm. to figure out what's a better way of teaching this, or maybe you felt that you weren't challenged enough. Uh, and at least for me, when I when I was in school, I said there's a, has to be a better way. That's <laughs> has to be, yes, be a better absolutely. way of teaching this. And I like how you you were on top of learning, trying to figure out what's the best way of 
I guess presenting the material so that way the mm-hmm. the audience can appreciate it. And I think that's the problem. Is I wasn't appreciating it because it's like like you said, uh, you can read from books, you can read from presentations. Why even bother drive to school? Uh, you could just do this at home. Uh, mm-hmm. And 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 I think what when you go to school or even when you go to a presentation or a webinar such as this, it's it's the person who is presenting the info that that you're trying to visit for. And and if you don't have that specific spark, then, of course, it's going to be totally boring. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention was uh, and I think we mentioned about the the similar track where right after you, you taught, I also taught right away. Uh, and I've, I've already mentioned the story, but um, as I was teaching, I think I had a, I had a different notion, right? So, so you know, I I when I first taught students at um, I, the school was DeVry, DeVry University for the HIM program, and I always told myself, or I actually told the students, I'm gonna teach it, teach this this material. Because I was the instructor for everything, <laughs> from from all classes. They only had one instructor, and that instructor was me. <laughs> from for like maybe two years or so, they had me for all their classes throughout. Oh my god! Yeah, for everything, for everything. So from uh, reimbursement to HIM to management to supervisor to coding, all the coding, even the IT stuff, and and they were giving me courses. Like, why are you giving me this courses? Well, you're the only instructor. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll do it all. <laughs> Uh, so the, 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 what I told my students is I'm going to teach this material in a way that I wanted to learn it. Right. So rather mm-hmm. than here, here's the, you know, here's the book, go ahead and finish it. I'm going to try and teach it in such a way that it helps you understand better. So I like mm-hmm. that as well. Let's take a moment for a quick break. And now back to our show. Yeah, like I recently did a a YouTube video about like uh, diabetes Mm -hmm. and how to code for diabetes. But Mm -hmm. one of the things I started it out with was like a fun fact, like, uh, you know, the the amount of people in the U.S. that have diabetes and that it's like also called sometimes the sugar. So like started out at least with something like that's a little bit interesting before you start going into, okay, and here's how you code for it and how you sequence it and so forth. Right, right, right. And and, and um, one thing that I didn't want to touch on is the extracurriculars, right? So you mm-hmm. know we have our base uh, foundation, we have our you know certifications, we have our education. Um, there was a question posted into our Medical Coding Geeks uh, Facebook group about you know what is it that I can do to stand out? <laughs> like I'm like. And, and they're asking us, what is it that that makes you stand out? And I had to reverse the question around. I said, why are you asking us? What makes you stand out? And I think that's the question that needs to be asked of everybody that's listening here is what makes you stand out? But I think what really answers that question or what determines that makes you stand out is all of those extracurriculars, uh, extracurricular mm-hmm. activities that... Um, kind of set you apart from the norm like okay i yes it's a given that we know how we know how to code yes we know how to pass an assessment (laughs) yes we have certification yes we have uh you know we have certification we have education but really you know give us a little bit more 
on outside of what you've done. So like I you know I have I have three kids and you know they're they're slowly approaching into college and and you know they're just you know status quo for them. I said, "Well, you know, you need to do a little bit more because every student that gets into college is going to be, you know, the same thing. They graduated college, but what colleges will always look for is what you've done extra." And and I think that's the key is what makes you extra, what makes you mm-hmm. pop out. What's and I think when what you've understood as what is your extra, that became your niche and, yes. and how you uh, leverage that. So the same way with me, uh, when I was teaching, I felt, you know, there there has to be a better way <laughs> of doing this. I, I yeah. think as I progress through up until now, I'm still trying to figure that out. There has to be a better way in, in looking at some of the things in terms of media in terms of things that are being presented, uh, going to webinars, going to conferences, you know, it's great. I feel, you know, I, every like the last HealthCon, not the virtual one, but the one in Vegas, um, I was, I was, um, I was excited. You know, I was ready to go. And uh, and and you mentioned doing your first uh, national speaking gig. I felt the same way. I really felt the <laughs> same way. And uh, you know, you also touched on. Um, how easy it was to apply. It really is that easy. It really yeah. is just that easy because there, if you don't believe it, there there is a, a total great need for it. There is a, such a demand mm-hmm. for speakers, but I think the the um, the premise of or the consensus or the majority of medical coders that I talk to, they just don't have it in them to talk about things or maybe they question themselves like well what is it that i need to talk about and i think that's where usually they kind of get stuck yeah and it's interesting because i've even met some coders that they're like i can sit in a room of 20 physicians and be completely at ease Mm -hmm. but you put them in front of like an audience of their peers and they they freak out and it is i think part of it is you know we as medical coders a lot of us do like to be know-it-alls and we like to feel like we know everything we're perfect at everything our accuracy is 100 percent. so as soon as like we're watching someone present and we they say something and it's not 100 percent right like people jump on it they're like you're wrong and i know why you're wrong because yeah. there's something in the federal register from june 3rd page 600 and it says you're wrong <laughs> yeah and that's what i was usually that's what i was initially afraid of are, are those um I don't. I don't. Know. There was a, there was a label I gave them, but they they were very, uh, you know, I like uh, coding book huggers. That's what, I was <laughs> That's what they 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 are by the book. They stick to the book. They whatever mm-hmm. regulation they read. That's what they stick to. There's no ifs or ands or buts about it. And and when I uh, was trying to get into the speaking, that you know, that's one thing that that came into my mind. But when I but I kind of did things differently and started this podcast because uh, I just needed to talk. I needed to speak. Mm-hmm. I needed to speak my mind. And and this platform in itself uh, created the, I guess, persona, the, the attitude that if I'm going to step into a presentation, this is how I'm going to talk. And, right. and that's how it's going to be. And you're here for me. And I'm not here for you. Uh, and, and it kind of helps you build that confidence up. All right. So where can we continue? <laughs> so you went from national speaking. Um, where else do you want to go? <laughs> this is going to be edited, by the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be edited. <laughs> so, um, okay. So let me also, 
national speaking, I'm sure you've done a bunch of coding positions. Uh, we don't have to talk about that. But how did you get into uh, developing Contempo coding? So I've always been kind of, um, edit that out. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. There's a trick. <laughs> there's a trick. Um, so I think just because of, of having an, a more creative aspect of me, like I've always wanted to do something kind of on my own. Like the, I love doing medical coding, but I want to make things more visual. And that actually reminds me, nice. I have, when I was working in management, they noticed that there was not a strong suit of mine of managing people and and doing a lot of the key tasks mm. in management. So I actually went to, I don't, I, I guess it's not really a career coach. It was almost like a career psychiatrist, like oh, a licensed wow. psychiatrist that did, that helped management personnel. Mm. And they had me take this assessment. The assessment's called the 16 PF. It's a career development report. And it's basically like, deter, they wanted to determine what are like my natural strengths? Like what are the things that I'm kind of naturally talented at? Like, is it that? you know it's clearly time management and managing people were not it so what were the things that i naturally had strengths at and what they did was they printed out this big old report and it says that the career fields that are directly related to my unique interests are arts and design arts performing arts fashion writing and dramatics and that i should probably work as a fine artist a designer a musician an actress an art teacher mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like nothing really close to medical coding right so it's been a struggle for years trying to get people to understand like yes i do medical coding mm -hmm. but i do like unique things with medical coding right. like i want to make visual things with medical mm -hmm. coding like i want to make I want to make presentations and do education and yeah. put courses together and webinars. And when you're just doing productivity coding, like people are like, no, just mm. sit down and shut up and code. Mm -hmm. Like that's what you were paying mm -hmm. you for. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's right now being worked on as a side hustle. Like I still have a full day job doing auditing, yep. but then I basically switch from my daytime laptop to my nighttime laptop. And, uh, start working on courses and webinars and I do teaching. I teach like risk adjustment right now because I thought that would be a good transition since it only focuses on like ICD-10 coding. I can just teach that and eventually maybe work into doing, you know, full-time um, medical coding professional teaching and then the social media platforms and all that are just kind of building into it. Right. Correct. Oh, that's nice. I like that. So I think we're in the same light, right? So you have a full-time job. <laughs> I have a full-time <laughs> job. So I I finished. I just, so if you see the camera here, watch. This is, I just worked from here and then I just, I just come here. <laughs> I just come right here. I just finished. So our, 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 we were, so for those who are listening, I, we, we, I usually set up like a two hour, um, time frame. And right now it's 6 p.m. here. Well, it was 6 p.m. It's already 32 minutes into our podcast episode. But um, 6 p.m. we start, 8, 8 p.m. we start. So I usually do like once a week, every other week uh, for podcasting. And then the weekend uh, I would do some editing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I see what you're doing here is is the idea of leveraging your what you were assessed as. Uh, mm. and, and I think... 
what I see in the Facebook group, at least in, in Medical Coding Geeks, are a lot of people from a wide variety of different areas trying to transition. And what they need to, uh, how can I say this? What they need to understand is that, like you, you have a very creative mind. I have more of an analytical slash creative mind, trying to figure out things that that is not the norm of coding. And when you think of coding, mm-hmm. again, I always think of the of the of the book hugging, <laughs> right? <laughs> of the book hugging, you know, all right. of this stuff, and and into the book, and that's it. Yes, that is it. But but again, like there has to be more to it, and and. Mm-hmm. And if you're in that role of coding, coding this, coding that, next chart, coding this, code that, next chart, you're you're gonna be bored. Uh, right. So I think as we, for us and everybody that's doing even podcasts and YouTube videos nowadays, we're trying to advance the uh, profession, and I think that's the key, especially when you look at uh, what's available as far as technology. Uh, I'm always on LinkedIn. Look, you guys got to create a podcast. Look, you guys have to get on the microphone. Look, you guys get a go- you guys have to get on the camera uh, because if you're not doing it now, you're going to be left in the dust because uh, so- professionals such as yourself, myself, are doing it now. Uh, yeah. If if you're not doing it now, you're going to be lost later on. So I like that. I like that you're using contemplative coding. So contemplative coding for you is just creating videos webinars trying to evolve it um i Mm -hmm. I like that a lot so that's that's pretty cool and a lot of what i do like it's not new stuff like Mm -hmm. podcasting has been around for forever you're right youtube's been around for forever Mm -hmm. so i like to take inspiration from things that are like already going on in these various social media platforms Mm -hmm. and see like are there uh, concepts or components that I can kind of transform in the medical coding. Like yeah. a, one of the inspirations for me is like, if you're familiar with Twitch, mm-hmm. Twitch, for those of you listening, is a social media like streaming service for um, video gamers yeah. that it was just recently bought up by Amazon. Like this, people don't realize that this is a big thing now. Like people are watching other people play video games and they're making buku bucks out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even realize until I was watching something on YouTube the other day that was talking about these people streaming on Twitch and this guy was talking about all this money that he's making mm-hmm. and he's, you know, I make I make $20,000 a month through these various, you know, partnerships and then I make this money from advertisements. Right. And he mentioned this name and I'm like, I know that name. My boyfriend's mentioned that name before that he's he's a friend of his that he like plays video games with all through the night. And I'm like, do you know this guy? And he goes, oh yeah, he's that my buddy. Yeah, he's making like a million dollars a year streaming on wow. Twitch. I'm like, oh my <laughs> We're in the wrong profession. I, I know. <laughs> uh, so one of, one of the things that I that I because of oh yourself it, it um, and your YouTube channel it, it really sparked what what I wanted to to do. So back in 2015 is when I started all of this, and you know the tutoring, then the Facebook group, then the podcasting, then the I, I want to do YouTube channel, but but. It made me think like, you know, the steps of how to create your YouTube channel, which we'll talk about in a second. But uh, since you mentioned Twitch uh, and and gaming. So, again, for those that are listening, you know, there is if you look at at least Facebook, Facebook gaming has came out. They came out after Twitch. There are people who play video games. They record themselves playing video games with other people who play video games and the same way that we have this video hopefully it's going to be brought out later they have themselves pictured in there and they're talking so Mm -hmm. what i've what i've observed in the gaming is 
it's not the game. <laughs> it's not really the game. Yes, it's a game because they're playing the same thing, such as uh, what was it Call of Duty, uh, that type of game, some scary games, a whole bunch of other games. Uh, what's the other one? Grand Theft PUBG? Auto. Was it PUBG? I know it's a. Big oh yeah, yeah. The the other yeah uh, PUBG. That's that's another one. Same thing like Call of Duty. Fortnite is another one. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, oh, Grand Theft Auto with their modifications. They just uh, modded the, the the game and they're creating a whole bunch of of characters they use. And there there's no objective purpose of them just running around in a free virtual environment. But what I've noticed in all of them that makes them stand apart either is is their appearance because either you know most of them are are beautiful models and they're on the camera they look great on camera and they're playing but even with the the others I've noticed that they have great personality and one of the mm-hmm. one of the um, w- w- that's the one thing that I look at is how are they speaking how are they so when they're gaming same thing as running a webinar right same thing as running a zoom go to webinar you have to have the screen you have to have the um let me show you my setup so for those that are i have a camera here so this is my setup right so this is mine so there you are (laughs) so so there you are there's another screen here here's my microphone and this is my laptop that it all connects to um so that's my setup right there but when you look at the people who stream um they have like a like a whole command center uh so they're playing the game they're streaming the game they're managing the chat they're playing the game and they're chatting and they're commenting so the the key factor in that is trying to to multi multitask all of that but i think when you look at all of that that's happening what i try to you know try to abstract from the situation is their personality that comes out and i think that's what sells so right but the question is how does it relate <laughs> how does it relate in the coding environment are there enough professionals with personality uh that can do this yes there are people who do it but are there people who have it with personality such as yourself that's the question to ask yeah. um yeah, and I've actually gotten some really positive commentary even when I'm doing webinars because mm-hmm. I make sure that I turn my video camera on so they can see me yes. like waving my hands and doing all kinds of stuff and my mm-hmm. expressions. And that really does go a long way versus like the stagnant slides where you're just reading the bullet yeah. points. Mm-hmm. And people have said that they really appreciate too the fact that I'm very straightforward. Mm-hmm. And at first I wasn't quite sure how to take that. I'm like, are you saying that I'm not explaining things properly? But they realize like you're just like right to the point. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that's because I've been working with providers for so long that they'll schedule me to you know come and do education and they'll be like oh yeah we're going to give you 30 minutes on the schedule and you can come and do your presentation to the providers and then you get there and they're like yeah the guy who was here before you ran over so you've got 10 minutes oh (laughs) (laughs) so i'm used to like having to be kind of cut short and having Mm -hmm. to figure out how to keep things you know high level points and, and get the thought through right that's that's one thing I can't do is is put a presentation in about thirty minutes, thirty minutes, thirty minutes. I I'm just yeah. I, I somebody so I had um I was invited to another AAPC meeting, but there was a, initially there was a scheduling conflict, and they said, well, can you at least give us thirty minutes? 
And I'm like, you know, I'm just warming up in 30 minutes, <laughs> you know, I'm just, you know, because usually when I start and you've, you've been to my presentation, I usually start off, you know, with a lot of personality, kind of give a little bit of background. And by that time, it's already 10, 15 minutes in and you, you're yeah. expecting me to do another 15 minutes of actual content. But even with the content, I want to make sure that I'm giving everything in that topic that. Uh, that everybody can t- at least take away because you know when you look at the audience what's the, f- the one thing that that um one of my pet peeves so i just want to share this <laughs> one of my pet peeves is uh when i'm doing a webinar and i turn on the chat function so i have the chat function on one of the windows mm-hmm. and and i'm not even like halfway to the presentation uh it's like the the meat and potatoes haven't been given yet, and and there are people who ask, well, can we get the slides? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, come on, really? You haven't finished. I haven't finished what I have said yet, and you're asking for slides. I might as well just give you the slides, and you could leave now. I just want to, you know, th- those are things that that you really have to think about. Like, really, you know. So, for those that are that are watching and and reviewing these videos or partaking in some of the things, you have to consider like how much work is involved. In, in doing a presentation and in the same regard which we'll transition to is doing the present like like right this so tomorrow i i spend a few days um which i'm trying to really work on is uh as a keynote for the state association here in florida um has somewhat to do with um with coding and him but it's about more or less a, a keynote speech anyways i spent two weeks just trying to create a PowerPoint presentation uh, that isn't just bullets. It's all, you know, pictures, because that's what I've seen now uh, on the national stage where they're using pictures, flow charts, uh, Mm -hmm. icons and stuff like that. And I'm like, I need to get to that point. Uh, I need to get there. There's one professional. Gosh, what's his name? Uh, I wish. But he's from Sarasota. And and he's did he did a presentation where it was just taking a picture and it zoomed into that part and it moved mm-hmm. out to another part. So you've seen those presentations; those are really good. Yeah. Uh, so the speaking game is great, but then the presentation is what I need to work on next. But anyways, it, it took me about two weeks to do, and and for somebody to come and say, well, I I, I don't know that you did it for two weeks, but can I just have the slides anyway? So that way, <laughs> I'm like, okay, you can have them, but I but at least let me let me finish speak. So there you have it. That is the first part of my interview with Victoria Mall. To check out Victoria and Contempo Coding, you can go to LinkedIn. You can also go to ContempoCoding.com and also check out her YouTube channel.